0: Amen. What a great love that is when we think about Jesus and what he did for each and every one of us. We got to celebrate the birth of Christ a couple days ago, and he was born so that he could die. He was born um, to live a life that was free from sin, to pay the price that you should have paid. He took on the the brunt of the the wrath of God, so that we can have life. And I don't know that there, I, I know that there's no better gift than that that we have Christ to, to look forward to and, and to be with for forever and eternity. So thank uh, thank Him for doing all those things. Thank you for being here this morning, as we we um, we're going to continue our series in the book of Acts here today i hope you did enjoy your your time with family and friends uh celebrating jesus birth exchanging gifts uh, making new memories and stories with your family and friends Uh, i hope you enjoyed that time and and now as we wind down for 2021 this is a time where a lot of us take a moment to do some self-reflection we look back on what we we're able to do this entire year and we look forward to the next. This is uh, kind of a restart for a lot of us where we change the calendar and all those things that we put off for 2021. We say, "Well, well, we'll wait till January 1st. You know that that diet, you know, January 1st seems like a perfect time to start. It didn't happen last January 1st, but I'm sure this is my time to start when uh, 2022 comes around. Or maybe, you know, I'm gonna read a certain amount of books next year. Maybe you did read to your goal this year or last year, Um, but we're gonna try to do that again. Or I'm gonna try to do some different things. I'm gonna walk, I'm gonna meet new people, whatever it is. This is a time where we make New Year's resolutions. So I'm curious, what are some of your New Year's resolutions? Anybody got resolutions already? A lot of hit no 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 shaking there. Yeah, no no New Year's resolutions, huh? Yeah, what's your New Year's? What's that? A better walk with Christ. I don't know if there's a better New Year's resolution than that. To to be better into walking with Jesus Christ and and who He is. Bill, you got one? Making progress. Yeah, 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 to be better, absolutely, to be better walking with Christ, being better than you were last year, to be a better version of yourself in your walk with Christ so you can live for him. I mean, mean, you guys are really holy. These these are good. about you? Be more intentional about your health. I think we can all stand to do that. You know, so that why, why can why should we have more intentionality around our health? Because we're only here for a certain amount of time. You know, so we want to be able to be in good health so we can do what God has called us to do. These are fantastic New Year's resolutions. Let me share mine. My New Year's resolution is to turn the world upside down. I want to turn the world upside down. You look at 2020, 2021, it's been crazy, it's been chaos, people have been arguing back and forth, uh, you're either in this camp or that camp, if you're not for us, you're against us, and we've taken our eyes off the main thing, and the main thing is Jesus Christ. I wanna turn the world upside down. I I want to, to, we're going in in this direction, we're going toward the wide road and I wanna turn us back around and go down the narrow that leads to Christ. I want you to be there with me. Who else wants to turn the world upside down? Got some hands raised. Maybe maybe that doesn't resonate with some of you. So let's look at our text this morning because if we call ourselves Christ followers, Then we got to follow Christ and what did Jesus do? He turned the world upside down. He flipped everything that there was and he changed the world. I want to be like Christ. I want to change the world. And and as much as in my power, what power that God gives to me, I want to have an effect and change the world. We should have hearts and desires that, that are focused on advancing the kingdom of God. We should be impacting the nations for Christ. Our lives should be dedicated to influencing the world, not the other way around. I want to turn this world upside down. Let's look at our text this morning. We'll be in Acts chapter 17. Look with me in the first two verses here in Acts 17. It says Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, They came to Thessalonica, and it should sound familiar. We've got a letter that Paul wrote to this very city called Thessalonians. So here's our introduction to Thessalonica, where uh, there was a synagogue of Jews, and Paul went in, and as uh, was his custom, and on three, three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scripture. I believe that if I have this intentionality, if we have the intentionality of turning the world upside down, first of all, we need to build relationships. You know, we are we are meant to be communal, we're meant to be together again, like we have this 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 notion of the body of Christ, all of us together form the body, but we're not supposed to keep that to ourselves. Surprise. We're supposed to go and take this message, the best message that has ever been told. We're supposed to go and take it to the people. And we do that by building relationships. And this is what we see Paul here doing. Remember, Paul and Silas, they have been taken through the ringer. They have been going and, and planting these churches and, and talking to other people. They have been insulted. They've been beaten just prior in Philippi. But despite all this, the Lord gave them strength to go on and preach, and they went on to Thessalonica. Now, Thessalonica was a uh, capital of the providence of Macedonia. You remember uh, just previously in the, the, the former chapter, they were trying to figure out where to go, and the Lord stopped them from going here, stopped them from going there, and finally got a vision, oh, well, we're supposed to go to Macedonia. And here they end up in Thessalonica. So Paul and his crew, they walk in, and they go to where the people are. They, they go and they are on mission. And Paul had a habit of finding uh, the, the quick way to connect with people. He wanted to go and build relationships. For us, it might look like uh, identifying the, the points of contact in our neighborhood. Where do people in your neighborhood congregate? Or, or maybe people go in and out of Starbucks. So maybe sometimes we post up in Starbucks so that we can meet people and build relationships or we serve Bowling and the greater community when we go through and we help out at various events and things of that nature we do so with the idea of making connections and building relationships so there are many opportunities to volunteer when we look at our own community right if we if we look at our own community there's Heart Haven outreach that does the tutoring and mentoring there's the A Pregnancy Resource Center, of which you'll hear more about in the coming months. They provide opportunities to walk with women as they make a decision of uh, how to to, to deal with a pregnancy. You know, should they uh, they give them alternatives for adoption and fostering and, and, or help them have the, the child and help support them so that they can maintain their house and be able to raise the child on their own. There's opportunities there for us. There's plenty of things for us to do at the school. We got a school right across the street that we can be helping the, the teachers and the students and things of that nature with, with various things. There's fire departments, police departments. There's so many opportunities for us to serve Brook, for us to be building relationships. And when we do these things, it's an extension of God's love. So this morning, I, I want to challenge you to think about how you can, well, think about first where you can go and, and how you can go and participate with other people and build relationships with them. How can you go and, and love on your neighbors more or just get to know your neighbors? How many of you know your neighbors, know your names? Praise God for those of you who do. The, next, the people next door, people across the street, the people behind you, right? The, that's your mission field. That's your mission field to be able to go and talk to those people, understand where they are, and if they know Christ. If you don't know your neighbors, that's my challenge to you. Uh, and I'm taking on that challenge myself. We moved a couple years ago, and I barely see my neighbors. They don't come outside. I thought I was bad. <laughs> they barely come outside for me to get an opportunity to interact, but I'm going to be more intentional about that in the coming year. What about coaching sports? People uh, we know have played sports or interested in sports. Um, There's a lot of ways we can participate in getting to know parents, getting to know children by coaching the sports. What a great opportunity when you're with them at least one or two times per week. You're going to play games. They're traveling all over places. You get to know these people and families but not only we're talking about whatever that, that sport is, but you have having lunch with the breaking bread, you get to understand, maybe ask the question, the door would open for you to have a gospel conversation. Oh, uh, do you go to church in the area? What, what church is that? Oh, I got this great church that I go to, First Baptist Pullingbrook. Got a great pastor and everything. Maybe you won't say that part, but, but what a great opportunity is for you to be able to build relationships and connect with folks in that way. Or maybe it's not coaching, um, it's a, a book club, Bible study, a barbecue, right? Remember, you, you got a great tool at your disposal, and that's your house. What a great missionary tool that you have to invite people over to your house to, to share coffee, uh, have a, a Bible study or a book club or whatever it is. People feel a lot closer when they're able to to be in, in, your, in your house. It's our private place generally. And so people open up a lot more there. When we're building relationships with somebody and opening yourself up to them, they just start to be more comfortable in opening up to you. And you get to hear some amazing stories about who they are, where they've been, the things that are going on in their family. You know maybe they're going through a struggle and you say man i i'm sorry to hear that Uh, would you mind if i prayed with you right now and it doesn't have to be any long drawn out flowery prayer you just say lord just help my friend help my friend and their struggle here right now amen god hears that he he honors that it doesn't have to be this this long theological prayer uh, that, that is a great start for us to be able to, to put ourselves out there and support someone who is there. And soon you'll have an opportunity to share more gospel-focused conversations because of that. Once they open up, they're going to feel more comfortable and you can have more and more conversations. And Lord willing, they will get to know Christ as their Savior. Remember last in our last chapter, we saw the jailer and he saw all these miraculous things happening and taking place, and he he's trying to make sense of everything, and and he just came to the point of like, sirs, what, what must I do to be saved? Those are some great words for us to be able to hear as we're building relationships. Look with me again in, in verse 2 of chapter 17. And Paul went in, and as was his custom and On three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead and saying, this Jesus, whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. Some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of devout Greeks and not a few of them leading women. When we share the gospel, uh, well, first of all, we need to be open to sharing the gospel, right? I mean, that, that is a prerequisite for us that we uh, invite gospel conversations to happen and that we be open to sharing the gospel. And here, it, we probably said more than what we see here in the text, but it's not very elaborate. Just like the prayer I just mentioned to you doesn't have to be elaborate, but you have to be open to sharing who Jesus Christ is and what he's done. A lot of people know or have heard various stories from the Bible, but they might not know the whole story. They might understand it as in the Bible, but nowadays most people are not stepping foot in the church. So they might hear a story about a guy in a well or somebody eating some fruit or something like that. They might not, they might not associate it with the Bible or understand the whole story. That's where you come in. Because as you're reading and understanding the Bible and you're praying through Scripture, then you get to understand those stories and you can share. There, there was a time uh, somebody that I worked with and um, we had an open door for a gospel conversation. I was telling her about the church and, and things of that nature. And she's like, well, I don't go to church because of that guy who took his son and killed him because God told him to. I said, uh, excuse me? Yeah, you know, the guy just took his son out and they were supposed to have a sacrifice and he sacrificed his son. I was like, I don't think you read the whole story. I, I think you stopped too short because he's going with his faith in, in God and, and God provided a sacrifice and he didn't end up killing his son. And like, oh, really? That happened? But they had no idea. They had no clue. And that was an an, an opening like, oh, I'm gonna go back and read that again. I don't think you read it the first time, but please try again. But that's where we come in to be able to share and explain these stories. For us, it's important to remember that the whole Bible is about Jesus. There's a saying that the the Old Testament is, is Jesus concealed and the New Testament is Jesus revealed. People need to see this redemptive story take place, this redemptive story of Jesus Christ, who is the redeemer, who has died on the behalf of sinners so that they can be reconciled to God, the hero of the Bible is Jesus. And people need to know and understand that. People like to pluck different verses out of context and say, well, see here, this is why you're you're homophobic and you're you're a racist and you're all this and that because of this stuff, this little verse that I plucked out of the Bible. no, that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is about Jesus. And despite all these things that are going on in Scripture, we, st- we have Jesus that comes and, and, and washes it all away through his blood. He pays the, the penalty, the price that was meant. Even though we see some horrid things in the Bible, terrible things because we're terrible people with terrible natures and we see that exemplified in the scripture but then we see the good shepherd the one that paid the price for all of us and that is who we follow jesus is the hero i love that this text here says that he reasoned with them from the scriptures what we see here in that verse that he, that he explains, uh, he proves, he proclaims, he persuaded all from Scripture. Uh, we, we, we get to be experiential nowadays and uh, don't really know and understand our Bible, but he's like, well, these are things that I have experienced in my life. And I don't want to discount experiences. We all have some experiences, but we need to start with the Scriptures. That is our foundation. That is where we draw um, everything we know about God. That's where our doctrine comes from. Our theology comes from the scriptures. You will have experiences, but they need to align with what we see in the Bible. Paul, Paul was not only logical, but he was thoughtful about having these conversations. So when it comes to the Bible, we need to strike a balance between the feeling and the thinking. You know, some, some people say it was one or the other, like it's all feeling, and other people is all thinking. There's a balance here that we strike between the two. When it comes to the Bible, we need to understand this. And there's this experience and emotion uh, that's involved, but that's not all. That's not the end of it. There's also this, this study and thinking that's involved, right? But even that is not We need to consider what Scripture means. We need to understand that it implies uh, how it points to Jesus. Everything points back to him. Christianity does not require us to leave our brains at the door. Uh, Atheists tend to like to bring this out. Well, you you have to be a non-thinking person if you want to believe the Bible. That is not it. That is not the case. When you really look at the Bible in its totality, when you really think about it and consider what is written. The fact that we have 66 books written by various authors that all have the same main character and story, that all fits together, that doesn't contradict itself, this is not done by man. You know, even when I read, if I were to write this, I mean, like I said, there's some messy stuff here in Scripture. If I was to write it, I would have cleaned some of that stuff up. I mean, I, I don't want to look look too bad. But no, we have the messy stuff in here so we know how good our God is. We we don't want to leave our brains at the door. We need to put on our, our thinking caps to understand what is going on and to be able to pray through and, and, and look at it in context what is happening in the scripture so that we can get to know our God at a deeper level. So we need to understand that we need to build relationships and as we're building those relationships right, then we have to be open to sharing the gospel but here's what I want you to know when we share the gospel not everybody is going to receive it not everyone is going to respond in the same way when we choose to share look with me in in, in verse 5 it says but the Jews were jealous When talking to some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob and set the city in an uproar, attacked the house of Jason, seeing to bring them out to the crowd. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authority, shouting, These men have turned the world upside down, have come here also. And Jason was received them, and they were all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that they were, Uh, there is another king, Jesus. And the people of the city authorities were disturbed when they heard these things. And when they had taken money as security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. So here we see, just like we saw in Philippi, the jealous Jews tried to make the missionaries out to be some political opponents of Rome. They took them and by saying that they were going against Caesar and promoting another king. They're revving up the people trying to get them a go go against the the government that we have here. They wanted to discredit Christianity by politicizing it. It sounds familiar. Was this written this year? Man, it is amazing what is taking place. They wanted to discredit Christianity by politicizing it. We see this happening today, don't we? Traditional Christian values are taught through the Bible, and now they're unacceptable. If you say certain things about biblical standards, people are going to want to kick you out. They want to talk about you. They want to to cancel you. If you don't affirm the world's stance on things like abortion or homosexuality, then you're attacked for being discriminatory or controlling many so-called christians do uh they they help because they they also discredit christianity by politicizing it these these so-called evangelicals come up and and also politicize it somehow freedom and guns has become synonymous with evangelicals I, i don't think i see that in the text but even through all this confusion we should be encouraged because the text shows that Uh, God is ultimately the one in control. And I praise God for that, that none of us are in control, that God is ultimately the one that is in control. We see people that are converted through the hearing of the gospel being faithfully preached. That's heartwarming to me, and nothing is going to change that where you see the gospel being faithfully preached, lives will be changed. So we need to stick to and embrace the truth of the gospel. The gospel has life-changing power and we need to stand firm in proclaiming it. That's why you don't see me getting up and sharing funny stories and all these anecdotes because I don't really have any stories. I got nothing to talk about. I know nothing but Christ and him crucified. And that's what you need. That's what I need, is to know and understand the gospel, know and understand Jesus Christ and who he is and and what he's done for you. Look with me in verse 10. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went to a Jewish synagogue. Now, these Jews were more noble than those of Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them, therefore, believed with not a few Greek women of high standards uh, as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea, also they came uh, there too, agitating and stirring up the crowds. Then the brothers immediately sent Paul off on his way to the to the sea, but Silas and Timothy remained there. Those who conducted uh, Paul brought him as far as Athens, and after receiving command for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they then departed. There are several things that we can learn from the Bereans here. And, and I always think about this when, 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 when we talk about, you know, we have a lot of, false teachers and preachers out there, but I love how the Bereans respond. They, they studied eagerly. And this is what I want for you. I want I want this for all of us that we would study eagerly like the Bereans, they had a teachable attitude. They came to to hear the word be proclaimed. And they wanted to learn more about God. Psalm 119 and 12 says, blessed are you O Lord, teach me your statutes. Then later in 119, verse 18, it says, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. And then even later in 27 of 119, it says, Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. Man, this is what I want for us, to go and, and seek out the Lord and want to understand what he has for us, to teach me your statues, to help us behold the wonderful things of your law, and help me to understand what I'm reading so that I can meditate on all these wonderful things that you're doing for us. The way you receive the word of God will determine the effect that the word has on you. I hope that we will be like the Bereans and that we would welcome God's word with anticipation and, and eagerness and that we will regularly dive into it. That we would all be transformed by it. The Bereans were serious. They were serious about their learning. I wish, man, I wish we could have the same eagerness. So as we're thinking about this, every year we, we do a Bible reading plan and it's not, it's not just a thing to do. Right. This is this is the reason why we have a Bible reading plan. In the four year, we've got you know uh, very readable, uh, four page one and two, a page back and forth, of the Bible reading plan that takes us through the entire Bible in a year. It only takes 15-20 minutes a day. I know I waste way more than 15-20 minutes doing nonsensical stuff that's not going to matter. Um, take. 15- 20 minutes to, to, to read you know a couple chapters in the Bible. We also have a handy bookmark you can you know, put in in your, uh, in your Bible. The text is a little smaller, but you can take this with you and have it with you. Um, and as usual we also have the YouVersion uh, portion that we'll get in the, the, the weekly email so you can join digitally. Um, you can listen on your car ride, on your commute and you turn it on and be able to listen to it while you're driving. Man, what a great way to get the Word in. In addition to, and you can read it, or I'd like to do both. I like to turn on the audio and read it, read a physical Bible at the same time. It helps me to focus, make sure my mind doesn't wander. But I want us to be like the Bereans and be eager to do this every day because there's nothing more fulfilling that you'll do in your life than spending time in His Word. So this is a guy. You can do this or something else as long as you do it. As long as you spend time with God. Imagine a relationship in your life where you didn't spend time with that person. Imagine a relationship where you didn't want to talk to that other person. You didn't want to have them talk to you. You always wanted to talk to them, but you didn't want them to talk back. Imagine a relationship like that. How how good of friends, how, how tight of a relationship would you have with that person if you didn't want to hear them talk back to you? How tight of a relationship would you have if you didn't spend time with that other person to get to know them and understand their ins and outs? We have a relationship with God. And this is how we have that relationship. We spend time with him. He talks to us through his word. He speaks to us through his word. As opposed to us praying and just using them like a magic genie. So, Lord, I need all this stuff. I need this. I need that. I need you to do this for me. But no, I don't, I, don't want to read, I don't want to read what you got to say. What kind of relationship is that? Let's change that. Part of us being able to turn this world upside down starts with our relationship with God and what he says to us in his word. Let us be like the Bereans here. 1 Peter 2 and 2 says, Like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk, that by you may grow up into salvation, if, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Man, I wish, I wish our churches were filled with people who longed for more biblical food, who aspired to have more than just milk, and they wanted to go on to the solid food. You know, that, that, that milk is just the, the, the bare foundation of, of who God is and who the, what the gospel is. You know, man, I wish people were just eager to know so much about him and to, to graduate on to the more hefty things. Too many of these churches are, are more about Sunday morning cotton candy entertainment than, and with funny stories and the like instead of having rich spiritual food. And I'm sorry if, well, maybe I'm not sorry, but if you came here looking for that, um, you're disappointed by now. Because all those those, those flowery things and and comfort, I I want you to leave here feeling convicted. I don't know what you came in here with, but I, I want you to leave this place knowing more about who Jesus Christ is and feeling convicted and wanting to do better, differently because of who he is. That's my goal and that's my aim. that that you would leave here knowing more about the Lord. I pray that God grants us an appetite for the scriptures just like the Bereans have. And because of their eagerness, they studied the scriptures carefully every day. They listened to Paul intently, but they weren't just gonna take his word for it. We read back on this and I'm like, "How, how dare they not listen to Paul? You know who Paul is? Well, they didn't really yet because he hadn't written all these letters and all these things. They probably heard about his conversion testimony and, and, and the like, but they were like, "Well, what you say sounds good, but chapter verse. Where, where where'd you read that at? Where where can I find it?" They examined Paul's claims about Jesus and and they investigated whether his claims were true about being the Messiah or not. And, and by the way, I encourage you to do the same. I, I, it's hard to believe, I mess up sometimes. Sometimes I misspeak, sometimes I say things in the wrong way. I want you to go check me, and I want you to read it for yourself and have your own understanding. And let's talk about it. Let's talk about what you learn about God. Or if I did make a mistake, that you would come to me with, in love, with grace, you come know, the pastor, you said this, but this is what I read, man, I would love that. So that I can, I can go to the Lord and repent. I can, you know, ask for your forgiveness as well and make that Because I don't want to lead you astray, but you got to be in the word yourself. You can understand this. First Timothy four and one says, now the spirit expressly says that in a latter times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the of, insincerity of lie, liars whose consequences are seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from food that God created by, but be, to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is made holy by the word of God and prayer the Bereans, they were not going to be duped in believing something that was false. They wanted to know what was true. That sounds good. I take that. I'm going to double check it and see what the Lord has to say. They were constantly in the word. And they also cracked their Bible more than just the Sabbath. So this wasn't just a Sunday type thing where they, they go and they you know, dust off their Bible and it's time for me to go sit in the pew today. No, they were in it constantly, daily, so that they can understand who God what They understood the, the goal and the purpose of having a relationship. Why? why? Why did they go through this extra effort? Not only did they want to have a relationship, but they knew and understood that, that what Paul was said had eternal ramifications. This is not just about the right here and right now. This is not a feel-good story so I can get through the next day. This is about my eternity. This matters. This is serious. And they weren't going to take that lightly. And it's because of their perseverance and devotion that many of the Bereans believed. Brothers and sisters, we have the greatest message that is known to man, and we cannot keep it to ourselves. This message of Jesus Christ is life-changing. And it's already turned the world upside down. But there's still work for us to do. We're not done yet. There are still people out there who do not know or have not yet understood that Jesus is a big deal. There are still people out there that don't know and understand what Jesus has done for them, how he died for them, how he gives us hope. The group of people who don't know Jesus is growing with every generation. More and more people are not uh, in, in a church. They're not reading the Bible. They don't have Christian people around them. And if they do have Christian people around them, the Christians are not sharing the gospel with them. So this group of people who don't know Jesus is just growing by the day. We've got work to do. Paul and this missionary team they started this chain reaction and now it's up to us. It started years and years ago and now it's up to us to continue this by having an effect on our neighborhood. It's up to us by having an effect on the nations for the glory of King Jesus. That's why my New Year's resolution is to turn the world upside down. I'm humbled that I get to play a part in, in, in this uh, growth of, of the kingdom for, for people to, to know Jesus, to, to be used as an instrument, that God would, would speak his words through me, that people might be saved because I was obedient to him. I want that for each of you too. I want us together to be changing the world. We start right here in Bolingbroke. Man, wouldn't it be something for the, the folks in Bolingbroke to say, man, those people are first Baptists, man. They, they, they love the Lord. They are out here helping and serving. And there's, everywhere I turn around is one of those first Baptist people around. And not only are they here uh, helping with the things that matter, but man, you, you get near them. And they just they talk about this Jesus guy all the time. Maybe they might get sick of it after a while, but those seed seeds will be planted. And soon we pray and hope that, like man, you, you keep talking about Jesus, but are you serious? And we get to treat them like the Bereans. Let me show you. Let me show you what God has done throughout the course of, of history. And, and I also have a personal testimony as well. This is what he's done for me in my life and we get to hear those words, sir, ma'am, what must I do to be saved? And then they can, in turn, go and do their part to turn the world upside down. Who's with me? Who wants to turn the world upside down? I mean, let's go. I'm serious. I wanna turn the world upside down for King Jesus. And, and if you're not with me right now, I hope you catch up, because we're gonna go. I want to be, a, be praying for uh, at least 500 homes next year. I wanna be praying for this community here in Brook. Uh, I wanna go and have an effect. We talked about the Pregnancy Resource Center. I wanna go and walk alongside of these women to actually save lives. So they can understand and have the support that they need in order to raise their children. I want to I go and, 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 and have an effect on, you know, our homeless situation. I want to turn this world upside down because that's what Jesus Christ did, and I want to be like him.